Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Categorically Romance Podcast. My name is Bree, and my co-host today is my friend Dory. Dory, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I just realized how weird it sounds to say, like, co-host when it's just the two of us. So Dory and I will be talking. (laughs) (laughs) We podcast all the time. We know what we're doing. We are starting out on this grand adventure where once a month, at the end, towards the end of the month, we're going to catch up. We're going to have a book that we've read together. We're going to talk whatever we want to talk about, and then we'll get into the book. I mean, because we have other things that we enjoy doing. And yeah, yes. I don't know. Hopefully, life whatever is we happening. talk about. Yes. Life is lifing. So, life is lifing, okay. girl. <laughs> it is lifing. <laughs> um, it is a cold Texas day here. Um, I am at very much oversized sweatshirt and no bra kind of day. Um, living my best life. How Love is it. California for you? I mean, California, we do not have (laughs) a Texas cold weather situation happening right now. It is, you know, pretty warm, but I am feeling very cozy in my apartment. It has been, I guess, cold for California standards, you know, 50s, 60s. like a cool spring day (laughs) that's right but i'm still feeling cozy i still have my christmas tree up because i have not let go and girl i still have one i have my little one up still i refuse (laughs) thank you thank you so i'm still trying to just have all of the like cozy holiday vibes still yeah for anyone who is new to the pod dory and i became friends basically through our love of like christmas movies and hallmark movies like that's where it originated from so how do you feel how was our 2023 holiday movie experience because you know i did not do so well (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) brie was struggling i I was just let's just but you and all the fields all the fills girlies like y'all like kind of have to show up like y'all are doing the bracket so how did you feel coming out on the other side of it was it was it a successful year or what so uh, okay that's a loaded question because (laughs) (laughs) let's just get into it not me not me coming on your podcast and dragging people immediately (laughs) like what we're here for okay commentary (laughs) the culture just so on brand people who have heard me on the podcast they're probably like this girl's just dragging people situations left and right but you know what i'm gonna go at it again i feel like anytime we're together uh, you know virtually it's like oh my god do they like anything it's me and you and we try so hard to be nice that's the funny thing like we sit before we're like you know what we're going to be positive. We're going to be nice. And then about 10 minutes in, we're like, you know what? I'm just going to say it. (laughs) And you listen to the episodes and you're like, we really went into that thinking. (laughs) But we go into everything, I think, with good intentions. Like we are hoping this is our next new favorite movie or our next new favorite book. Like we go into it with the best intentions. Okay, keep carry on. Keep going. (laughs) 100%. So here's the thing. I think that there were some really good Christmas movies this year 
holiday movies, I should say, because one of my favorites of the year was a Hanukkah movie. And there were some really great movies that kind of were outside of the traditional Hallmark sphere. And that was great to see. They took some chances. um, They pushed some boundaries. And that was awesome to see. Um, There were several movies this year that I can see myself watching every year, like joining the every year holiday movie rotation, which is huge because there are some years where I'm like, I'm not watching any of these ever again. Like (laughs) the, the season came and went. My problem is the lack of diversity. It was a step back as far as I'm concerned with the good steps that Hallmark has taken. And that was such a bummer to see. And it just, it disappointed me because there were so many fun and unique and interesting movies this year. And I'm like, are you telling me that I have to have either or? I have to choose. Do you want new, fun, cool, interesting, or do you want diversity? Because that's how they're making me feel. You know, like I feel like I can't get both at the same time. And that has been really disappointing. Um, I mean, just the fact that every weekend you would look up what movies were on and you're like, yeah, I'm not watching those because they the diversity just wasn't there, you know, and at a certain point you get tired of seeing especially for us as black women seeing, you know, the same type of person on the screen, you get tired of it. So, you know, it was, uh, it was a good season, but it was a bad season. And that's kind of frustrating to me because I think that, I think this is where you and I get really frustrated, right? Mm -hmm. They could be doing so much better and they could be doing so much more and they are choosing not to. This is a choice. It is a choice to lack diversity in your programming in this day and age. And I think that's what gets to us, right? Yeah, because at what you can't say it's not. You can't say it's not. Exactly. Oh, I remember I saw a couple of days ago on, I think it was on threads, um, an author, black female author was like, hey, us women of color authors, we want to come to these panels and be goofy and silly and talk romance recommendations. Like we don't always want to be on the panel about Mm -hmm. diversity. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, and I was kind of thinking along the line, the same lines of like our Hallmark movies, like do all of ours like have to prove a point or do they have to always like give you this like bird's eye view into quote unquote the black experience? Like why can't they just be haul out the holly, (laughs) you know? A (laughs) hundred percent. Why can't they be that too, you know? So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Why don't we, and this is what we have been saying when we cover the mahogany movies. This is what we say every time. We're like, why is it always the family drama? The, you know, the social issues. Like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Why can't we just have the fun, fluffy, romantic stuff as well? Yeah. And it's so tough because it's like, I mean, there are networks that you don't really want to support at all. And then you see Hallmark just really being terrible too and it's like you're how much better are you than you know these guys over here I mean at least they're just blatantly out with it like yeah we're not doing that 
Hallmark's like, oh, we, you know, we're all about diversity and inclusion. Yeah, right. we get, like one mahogany movie <laughs> every quarter. <laughs> I know they're like, we're committed to diversity. And then the holiday slate has never been whiter, like hasn't been whiter <laughs> in years, you know? And it's just, that's so true. Like it's the talking out of both sides of your mouth. Like yeah. we support diversity, but this slate of movies for the holiday season has completely lacked diversity. So it's like, I mean, you're not even being truthful here, you know? What chances did you feel like, did, you know, what what did kind of do it for you and, and have you like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm proud of them for doing this. Was there any moments like that? Um, as far as like them taking chances with the storytelling or with diversity? Well, I will say storytelling because I thank don't. you. Okay, because I'm like diversity. I'm Look, like diversity. When I saw my nothing. man Luke, when I saw Luke was still in the lineup of Hallmark, because I thought when that movie came out with the scenes of him on the couch, you know, I was yep, like, yep. are they gonna be done with him for this? No, when I saw he's... that Luke was still in the lineup. I was like, okay, I'm proud of you for this. Well, let me tell you. Luke was in one of my favorite movies of the holiday season this year, and it was called um, Catch Me a Few Claws. And I was impressed with it because it it felt like it just had more um, like hijinks and adventure. And they're like trying to um, get away from these criminals. And it just felt broader than a traditional hallmark rom-com and that was really fun like there was action and it felt like adventurous and it was funny like luke played <laughs> basically he was preparing to become santa and he was not doing a great job poor guy <laughs> and so he got to play this kind of like you know himbo a little bit and it was so cute and fun and funny and also they had a really great makeout scene in this movie which pushed the envelope for hallmark like listen this is still you know a family this is still made for tv yes (laughs) a made for tv family movie but for hallmark it had us all kind of gasping we were like huh okay okay girl the girls were mad because you know lifetime had that like cowboy romance movie that came oh, out. Oh, I watched and, it. Mm-hmm. You know, the girls were like, oh my God, they made it seem like there was going to be a sex scene and it's closed door, fade to black. And I'm like, guys, it is still Lifetime. Like, it this is, is still a TV network. <laughs> this is like a primetime TV holiday movie. They're, yeah, they're, they're not, not going to be anything uglies crazy. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know. Oh I'm like, what are y'all expecting? <laughs> so not netflix guys (laughs) exactly it is not netflix and netflix is killing it in a lot of ways um i agree i agree so i think just the chances in storytelling have just been a lot more they've been trying different kind kinds of stories and i think it's like the haul out the holly effect right like that's not a traditional rom-com like yes there's a romance but there's competition and there's a great supporting cast of characters and it's hijinks and it's fun and that feels new and fresh 
for Hallmark. It was the same thing with the Santa Summit, which was our bracket winner this year and my favorite of the year. Um, I have that one saved. Okay, I'm going to watch it. Oh my gosh, (laughs) you have to watch it. And I think you'll appreciate it because it really, yes, there's a love story at the center of it, but it really focuses on this friendship between these three women. And I loved to see it. You know, I just, I loved that they have kind of expanded their offerings as far as storytelling. We've seen them push a little bit and um, I wish they would do the same with diversity. So I would recommend the Santa summit. I would recommend catch me a few claws um, just to kind of see Hallmark in a little bit of a different light. And I think you would like both of those for sure. All right. I'm going to watch those. Cause I also watch round and round the Hanukkah movie. I loved oh, it. Okay. okay. Loved it. Mm, look at that it's like did you Groundhog day vibes um oh. this woman keeps reliving the same day over and over again and she's trying to figure out okay how do i get out of this time loop very different for hallmark very cute um, somebody does one of those every year like lifetime did it last year with frazier <laughs> and it was so good <laughs> yes this one you will i think you'll really like this one um okay. so the only, I'm going to be honest with you, the only Lifetime movie I watched this year, they didn't have that many. I only watched the Cowboy one with yeah, Janet Kramer. Yeah. Did yeah, you watch any? TV. They, I watched that one. Oh, gosh. I'm still making my way through some of the Lifetime ones. Honestly, the ones that I, I watched a lot of older ones this year like i rewatched I uh reindeer game homecoming i was gonna say you were watching oh. the hits i saw you post reindeer games homecoming i, I was like yeah she's watching movie, the good Dory. ones it's i so laughed good. and cried in like the same spot um was it romance ever after i think that one came out in like 2020 still so good mm-hmm. i don't know i was just like i need comfort i need to rewatch some of these like old ones that i just know are gonna be good mm-hmm. uh, and i'll just wait for my friends to tell me which of the new ones are good <laughs> <laughs> that's a good tactic yeah you know i do wish like i wish these networks would lean into new years a little bit more and i really Same. wish that they would also do valentine's day i don't know it's just like it's almost like you put all this money into christmas And then we just kind of get whatever after that. And it's like, I would appreciate the energy to like keep that momentum going because New Year's you can do so much with, I think it's all like New Year, new me and goals and all of that. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, Valentine's Day, you could do so many amazing things with. I'm just like, come on, guys. And I feel like a couple of years ago they did. Like, I remember some really good New Year's movies Hallmark had a couple of years ago. And then, of course, they had like what Sweeter Than Chocolate that came out I don't know like last year or the year before or whatever and that was adorable I think so I wish that they would just like look ahead and and lean into those too but we'll see (laughs) I wish they would too and they have so one of my favorite um one of my favorite Hallmark movies is called All Things Valentine and it's a Valentine's Day movie and it's one of my favorites because basically the premise is there is this woman who is an advice columnist um, and she calls herself the coach 
and the coach tells this this woman writes to the coach asking for advice about a guy she's dating and saying she wants it to be more serious and she wants the coach's advice and the coach is basically like if he's not giving you what you want get out of there and so she breaks up with this guy and um the guy then starts kind of trolling the coach on her blog he's like (laughs) just responding to every article she writes and because he's mad because this girl broke up with him because of what the coach told him and then the two meet in real life so they have this battle they don't realize who the who each other is and they have this battle going on like in the comments of her blog but at the same time they have met he's a veterinarian and she takes her dog in and they are like falling in love and it's one of my favorite hallmark movies because they actually date in the movie like they go on all of these dates and i feel like that's kind of rare in a lot of these movies right like we don't get to see them dating and getting to know each other it's either they're in a work situation or they're trying to save the town community center but they're not (laughs) you know (laughs) right but they're not really like dating and in this movie they go on a bunch of like fun cute dates and you actually get to see them getting to know each other and it's very sweet and so i want more movies like that like give us a valentine's movie lean into it your hallmark this is romance i pulled it up okay so it has sarah rafferty and sam page it comes on february 15th but it comes on like smack dab in the middle of the day (laughs) like one o'clock central so record record set it to record to record it's very sweet and very cute and but i want more movies like that you know i'm with you yeah just lean into just lean into whatever we have going on lean into those holidays i tend to really get excited for their spring movies i just think they're always aesthetic wise like really pretty to look at summer can be kind of hit or miss you know I don't really I'm like kind of like Rachel I don't really care about the wedding movies unless you're Kimberly Sustad and Paul Campbell mm-hmm. <laughs> together mm-hmm. but um yeah I don't know we'll see I I hope my hope is that this is a good a good year for us but I feel like I felt like that last year and girl we see all that happened we are always hopeful we are always <laughs> hopeful Did you watch any Up movies over the holidays? Up is a network that I really missed this year. I didn't really watch any Up movies. Um, yeah, about that too. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I still have quite a few Up recorded. Here's the thing about me. Okay, and Free, Dory knows this. So Dory much. knows this about me, and I I tend to put it out. The more I guess like low budget to me sometimes, the more charming. But I watched a couple of Up movies this year, and I was like, this is awful and it kind of ruined it for me so I'm like let me take a little bit of a break just the pacing like I think sometimes with them the pacing is just off like they front load so much it starts off super fast paced and then you get to like that second hour of the movie and you're like okay now it's dragging like what Mm -hmm. happened so Mm -hmm. that was kind of the downer for me with the, the few that I watched um from up but I was like you know what maybe it's just because I think when we have so many options, it's like 
if I, I don't have time to watch something that I'm not really into, let me put it on Lifetime or Hallmark and see what they have going on. And like, then you put it on something else and you are actually into it, you know? And it's like, maybe if I just take a step back and wait for this season to be over and give the rest of them a try, like maybe I'll appreciate them a little bit more. Like I just didn't mm-hmm. want to get like too lost in the sauce, but yeah, the few that I watched, I was like, Ooh, it was just a pacing thing. Lifetime was the winner for me this year. It was my go-to, I'll be honest. So, but you know, I'm always going to be an up girl. I just, I'll watch them eventually. <laughs> I get it. And I think that when you, like, I, overall, I didn't watch as many movies this year as I typically do. Um, I watched the ones for my podcast, but that was, and I watched a few others, but it was really hard for me to sit down and watch a new movie that I wasn't sure was going to be good. So like you, I would go back and watch ones that I knew I loved. And I feel like I needed that comfort this holiday season. It had been a long year and and I was, you know, running on fumes by November. And so I really just wanted comfort in my viewing and didn't feel like taking chances and didn't feel like sitting there and being disappointed. So, you know, I get it. I'm so glad you said that because I think that's exactly what it is. And that's why I I appreciate some of the networks just being like having the coming at it from the standpoint of less is more. I think Mm -hmm. Hallmark is like, obviously they're always going to be like the reigning champs and there are viewers out there that want the 40 plus movies or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. There was something about this past year that I was like, I'm, I'm calling it at what it is like before the season even really gets started. Mm -hmm. I know I'm not going to sit down every weekend and watch these new releases. Like I just knew before it even started, I don't have that energy in me this year. And I don't really know what it was exactly, but it just that those last few months of 2023, I was just like, my anxiety was on a whole other level. It was just a lot. And so I think recognizing like, I just, I, I need what I know is going to deliver over like sitting and trying something new. And I feel like now that I'm out of it, I'm like, bring on all the new movies, but just acknowledging like last year, holiday time it was just a weird time it was tough I'm I'm right there with you it was very it was challenging for me and if I didn't have all the feels I don't know that I would have I think I would have been more similar to you and just kind of taken myself out of the equation because it felt listen it always feels overwhelming that hallmark schedule feels overwhelming it's a lot Mm. of movies and i think that the combination of you know i wasn't so great either at the end of the year very anxious like struggling so that on top of the fact that i wasn't seeing much diversity i was kind of like is it worth it you know like there's nothing pushing me to watch why am i showing aside. up for you when 100%. i don't see myself at all in this well, lineup 100 percent. and you know what else happened is that you and i came off of a year of reviewing mahogany movies and feeling away so i think feeling that away. was part of it too <laughs> we were feeling away oh my gosh were we not <laughs> 
Oh gosh, they probably have like a whole murder board in the mahogany office and like our photos. <laughs> like they dragged this one, they dragged this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. I promise we show up with the best intentions. We want to love all of them. We do. <laughs> we, <want to. laughs> we do. I promise. We're recording mid-Jan. Are you like a New Year's goal girly? Like, tell are you a New Year, new me? Like, how do you approach <laughs> the new year? <laughs> we have to talk about it. Because I don't know which way I'm going this year. <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like I've been all the girlies. I've been a New Year's doesn't matter girly. I've been a New Year, new me girly. And... I think this year I'm kind of right in the middle. I appreciate the fresh start of it all. I'm not expecting to be a different person, you know, but I am. I did pick a word for the year. I like to pick a word for every year. Me too. My, okay, what's yours? My word is new because okay. I have felt kind of stuck and I'm ready for some changes. And so my word is new. I want to try new things. And it doesn't have to be anything huge. I want to try new things. I want to go to new restaurants. I want to read books that I normally wouldn't read. I want to try that new coffee shop. Go visit different cities. So my word is new. Um, I think it's time to kind of shake things up. And I think this is also part of coming out of the COVID-19 haze of it all and kind where I felt very, you know, stagnant and like just not as adventurous as I've been in the past. And so my word is new. I am embracing new things, new people. Um, and so that's what I'm kind of focusing on, but I'm not like expecting any, you know, <laughs> miracles. Big life changing yeah. event, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I also don't want to put that pressure on myself, you know, I want it to be fun. So that's where I'm at. What about you? By the way, I loved your solo episode at the Did beginning you? of the year. I loved it so much. Everything you said resonated. I was listening to it while I was walking your nephew zero. Oh, and zero. I mean, I was just nodding my head along the entire time. I loved it so much. Thank you. Um, this is my word for the year is grateful. I got a little bracelet made from like one of my little favorite shops on Etsy I and I, I picked it just because I have to remind myself to be grateful a lot um I think like I said in the solo episode like I just have to remind myself like regardless of the shit show of life where you are right now you hoped to be once upon a time so I'm just I'm trying like I I am big on mindset I'm a, I'm a big on perspective but sometimes I think even believing in those it's easier said than done because just mm -hmm. man like just life just be lifing like we'll throw things at you and you're like mm -hmm. I was great and now things are all shaken up and so I do think one of the only things I have control over is how I view things in my perspective and yeah I'm just trying to be grateful for where I am in the moment uh, but I love your 
talk about wanting to do new things because I'm the same. I'm like, sometimes it just like I wanted to ask you as you were talking about it, like, why is it so hard for us to just do the things? Like, why is that something that we have to consciously say? I want to do new things. Like, why aren't we just doing it? Like, what do you think? Is it time? I do think it's time. I think it's time. And I also think that, you know, if you're an anxious girly like us, it can be really hard, you know? And once you do the new thing, you're like, I loved that. That was so much fun. But the getting to it can be so anxiety inducing. And I also think it's hard, you know, when you work all week and then your time, your time off is limited. And so you want a lot of times you want the comfort over being pushed to try something new. And so it's a really hard balance of like giving yourself enough rest and comfort and downtime while also getting out there and living your life and trying new things. It's a very hard balance. It has been such a struggle for me. And also like I'm super introverted. So like I do need a lot of time solo time quiet time and so it's such a hard balance like I girl it is so tough yeah I I have been like I got on this I I I, like googled I wanted to I was like maybe I'll try yoga or something like yoga for beginners and I was like really surprised I was like there are a lot of places not very far from me that I could go but it's like you said it's like Monday through Friday I am at work from about 650 until about 4.15. And by the time you get off, like I'm an extrovert, but I also at the end of the day when I've been extroverting all day, I'm exhausted from it. And so I need to go home and I need to be quiet. Sometimes I drive home in silence, but I just, it hit me like Friday night. I was like, you need this reminder that you have a life. Like you need to be doing something. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's finishing work and changing clothes at school to go to a yoga class or something and like mixing and mingling with other adults or, you know, other women that are like just wanting to like find that peace and recenter themselves or whatever. But it is, it is so hard. (laughs) Because then you're like, like oh. well, I could go home. I could be showering. I could be eating. I could, you know, watch TV. Like you think of like that versus just relaxing. And it's like, which do you choose? And the balance is hard. It's hard. It's which one do you choose? You know? I know. It is so tough. And especially because the lure of like for us of going home and reading a book is always pretty strong so <laughs> always it's like, pretty strong you know <laughs> so you're like is this dinner gonna top that you know what's yeah. gonna make me feel better and it's it's can be hard to judge sometimes yeah. and so I think that's why I put that word as new as my word of the year as a constant reminder of like you know <laughs> there's another option you if you're up for it maybe you should get out there and do something new and do something fun or like on those random days when you are feeling antsy and a little bit energetic and you're like you know what I do want to do something just the reminder that it you know it would be good for you maybe uh maybe get out there (laughs) maybe do something um so yeah it's but girl I feel your pain. It is so tough to strike the right balance. Yeah. I saw one girl on Instagram and hers was less. 
And I was like, that Ooh, is a good word. I like love that. less scrolling, less of Ooh. saying yes to everything. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> there are Ooh. so many words out there. <laughs> so that many good hit words. hit me like a punch. I'm kind of feeling that one. Yeah. Ooh. Cause I think especially with us trying to find the balance of like, including newer things, you're going to have to do less of something else. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Mm. Yeah. When I saw that one, I was like, oh, girl, you are calling me out. (laughs) I feel attacked. Okay. I feel attacked. (laughs) I feel attacked. So, like, how did you come up with new? Like, is it every year? Is it just, like, immediate the word comes to you or what? I think so. I think... I get really contemplative at the end of every year. I can't help it. It's in the air. Um, And I really start to take stock of how my last year was, how I felt, what I want to change. And that really informs what my word is going to be for the coming year. Um, And I have a very active pup. And so I walk him a lot. And so that's kind of when I do my best thinking. And it came to me when I was on a walk. I thought, you know, I want, I have felt stagnant. And that's how I felt in 2023. I felt stagnant. And thinking about what I wanted in 2024, I just thought to myself, I don't want to feel that way for another year. I want to open up, you know, like I don't want to go through another year feeling just completely set in my ways, like I've stagnated and that there's nothing new or exciting to look forward to. I just don't want to do it. And so that kind of propelled me to think about the word new and to really think of new things I wanted to do. Like, um, same with, same as you, I started looking at, um, some yoga classes, even online ones. I was like, oh, maybe I'll try that. And just, I started thinking about even my reading. I want to read new authors this year and read different kinds of books this year and try new podcasts and all the things, try new restaurants. Um, And so it really just hit me like I cannot spend another year feeling this just complete stagnation. Like I'm not because it felt to me like I wasn't growing. I wasn't changing. I wasn't evolving. And that is something that I just didn't want to live with for another year. Yeah, I think it hits you like a ton of bricks when the end of the year comes and you're like, this year felt exactly like. last year Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like I didn't go on a vacation I didn't try out a new city I ate from the same restaurants when we would go to dinner you know we're gonna be each other's accountability partners with these episodes you know one one new thing that we tried whether it's an author maybe you ordered from your favorite restaurant but you tried something new this time like we're going to be living our best new girly life this year. Brie, that is brilliant. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 One, and we keep, look, one thing. That's it. If you do more, great. But one thing every month, something new. I something new. love that. Because if I have to report it to you, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> well, I got to tell Brie I did something new. So like, I got to pick one of these things, you know? <laughs> I love it. Okay. It's on. It's on. I'm so excited. (laughs) 
Maybe it'll like push you. me to watch something new on Netflix that I've yes. never watched before. Do it. Yes. Yeah. And I have really been inspired by your gratitude um, word and intentions as well. Because like when you were talking about in the solo episode, when the car situation, when you were in the car and almost got in an accident and how you were just saying like, I'm grateful I'm safe. You know, I I was like, it just really resonated with me. I was like, yes, in those moments, even when you're scared and things are really hard, remembering to call on gratitude is powerful. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, girl, those affirmations like I have been on Pinterest like every morning I'm on Pinterest morning affirmations. Give me something positive to say to myself. <laughs> Please help me. Please help me get through this day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK, we read a book together, our first of the year. Um, this year is going to be so fun. We're, we're going to see where it takes us. We already know what we want to read in February. Um, but we read an Amanda Cinelli Harlequin presents together, um, her newest. So it is available on Harlequin's website. So if you're new to the pod or if you're new to category in general, the books are available on Harlequin's website or Mills and Boone if you're overseas a month before they're available in the stores. So if you go to Walmart right now, you're not going to see this book. But if you go on the website, Harlequin's website is there. So we read The Bump in their Forbidden Reunion by the Amanda Cinelli. So Dory, give me your relationship with Presents. Had you read one before? Was this your first? Give me your like initial thoughts over the line I know we talked a little bit offline about it but like yeah talk you and presents tell me about it this was my first presents and yes (laughs) and I'm so glad that it was (laughs) oh my gosh I'm so glad it was this one so for me Brie is the person who really got me into category I will credit her with this forever when we became friends and I saw that she had this podcast I started listening to the podcast I would see her tweets about the categories because I was a romance reader but I wasn't a category reader mm-hmm. and she really inspired me to like broaden my horizons and get into category And so I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I was in a really big reading slump at the beginning of um, 2023. I just wasn't feeling anything. And then I discovered Reese Ryan and the desire line. And I went down the Reese Ryan rabbit hole. (laughs) Brie can attest to this. She's all I read. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for the first i don't know six months of 2023 was Reese i mean Ryan. if you're gonna go down a rabbit hole that's the rabbit hole to go down a hundred percent like i just fell in love with her i mean i was like tweeting her all the time when i finished it but it was just i was insane i'm like texting brie talking about how much i loved it and so then i started reading other desire books and i really loved that line um r.i.p oh and so, and I even had this goal. I was like, you know, I'm going to read the other lines this summer. I couldn't get out of the desires. I just couldn't do it. That's perfect. No, that's, no. that's, that's the best. I when you're like, this is, it. this is it for me. Like I am okay here. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yes. 
But then, you know, but I do want to broaden my horizons, you know, new is my word. So I, and I had heard about presents, right? I had heard about how like over the top it can be. And I am so glad that this was my first one. I freaking loved it. I love how over the top these stories are. It's like trope, 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 trope. I'm like, yes, keep them coming. Keep them coming. I love it. Well, with this being your first, I'm so glad you touched on that a little bit. Like for anybody that's listening, that's new to category or hasn't read presents, I was hoping you would touch on like with this being your first one, how would you now describe the feel of it to somebody who hasn't read it. It feels so exciting to me because you're in kind of this grand world and, you know, with these like over-the-top wealthy um, heroes and these fiery and independent um, heroines. And it just felt just it felt big to me if that makes sense like the scale feels big it's like international (laughs) excitement all these things and it is just a trope party all these tropes (laughs) like you'll be reading all of a sudden you're like oh there's another one up there's There's another another one one. (laughs) she threw that one in there up she got that one in there i wasn't ready for that love it and so as a romance reader it feels like such a freaking treat. It is like candy, you know, it is like dessert because it's just everything you want in romance packed into one book. And I freaking loved it. So not comparing like in a negative way, because I don't think there is like negative, a comparison between the two, but you really fell for desire. And I think that, you I like I feel like you falling for presents is kind of a given like yeah there is just like a few steps there's just some a little there's some like slight differences there because I mean desire is like North American wealth right like it the yeah. wealth and stuff is there but like were the vibes did the vibes feel any different for you like having spent so much time in desire and then moving to presents for this one Yeah, the vibes were definitely different. I mean, I think with Desire, the world seems a lot more contained. It's like this small town or this city, this community, this workplace. Um, So it just feels a little bit more contained, which I do like. Mm -hmm. But Presents just feels kind of grander in scale. You know, it's yachts and private jets and, (laughs) you know, it's like... The heroines Fairy from tale. yes, a hundred percent. It's ball gowns and you know charity, like these charity events, and it just feels kind of a lot grander in scale, which can be exciting to read. And you know, I think it was Amanda. I think it was like maybe the last time she was on that said presents is like the bridge between. I can't remember if she said Regency or like historical romance and contemporary, like presents is the bridge between the two. And I feel like that's very true. Like you said, it's the ball gowns, the fairy tale. Yes. (laughs) Set in today's world, you know? Yes. Like you even look at the covers and it's like this, this, you know, hero in a tux and this woman in a beautiful ball gown. And it's just, it just feels epic. You know, they feel 
epic. Like their love story, um, the story between Izzy and Grayson felt epic, you know? And I feel like with Desire, it feels a lot more real, quote unquote. Um, You know, it just feels like you could have known these people in a Desire book, you know, like, oh, you could have, or known of them, you know, in your town, like, oh, that was the powerful family from where I was from. Like, those are their love stories. This felt um, a lot bigger to me. Well, the story has a certain aspect that you were like, sign me up. I am a fan of this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So the book is Uh, book one in Amanda's fast track billionaire series. And it's set in her version of what we call formula one. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So tell me your relationship (laughs) with the formula one. Oh my gosh. This is so funny. So Amanda had tweeted about this book months ago, months and months ago. And because it's so funny because I am a huge Formula One fan. I have been for the past couple of years and I'm a huge romance reader. So it was like my world's colliding when I saw that she was writing and releasing this book. And so I saw her tweet about it and I was like, oh man, I cannot wait to read that. And then a few months later, she said, you know, I've got advanced reader copies if anyone is interested. And I saw you respond to her and you were like, oh yeah, I want to read this. And so I texted you and I was like, Brie, <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> I have been patiently waiting for this book to come out. I love Formula One. I'm so excited. And you were like, well, we have to talk about it on the podcast, obviously. So this was my world's colliding. And I got into Formula One a couple years ago. I guess I would say I've always had a passing interest in motorsport. Like I kind of, I never have really watched NASCAR, but I would pay attention to IndyCar, pay attention as in I would maybe watch the Indy 500 and I would kind of stay on top of who was winning, who had, you know, who was winning the championship every year. So a couple years ago, I had a really rough week at work which happens life was lifing and I was sitting on my couch and I was like, you know what? I just really need a show to watch that I can binge over the next like week or so. I just need something. I need something, you know, I need something to get my mind off of this horrible week. I need something. So I got on Netflix. I started scrolling And they suggested a show to me called Drive to Survive, which I had heard of before and I had meant to watch, but just never got around to it. And they said a new season was starting the next week. Catch up before the new season starts. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. I knew it was about Formula One um, and I was kind of interested. So I started the show on a Friday night. (laughs) Brie. Brie. This show had me by my neck. The way Reese Ryan had me by the neck, <laughs> that's what Drive to Reese. Survive. Oh that same thing. Drive to Survive had me by my neck. It was this documentary series that followed the Formula One drivers and teams. And so you get a real um, behind the scenes kind of view of racing 
And I texted my friend Kiki after I watched the first two episodes. And I said, have you watched this show, Drive to Survive? I think you'd really be into it. She followed me down the rabbit hole. She was right behind me. Like she started (laughs) it that minute. I'm pretty sure I texted her and she started it five minutes later. And the two of us have been obsessed ever since. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's real, Brie. Like I watch every race. I watch the practice sessions. I watch the qualifying. I listen to podcasts about Formula One. Oh my gosh. Yes. I downloaded the (laughs) Formula One TV app. I have been known the past year to watch old races like from the early 2000s. (laughs) Like I am in it, Brie. I am in it. Okay, what is it about it that you're just so invested? Like, what is, like, one thing that you're like, I keep coming back for this? It's the storylines. It's the storylines. And I think when you watch Drive to Survive and you listen to these podcasts, you kind of get to know all the major players in Formula One. And I'm very invested in a lot of these drivers, you know, because of Drive to Survive. I know their backstories. I know where they came from. I know what it took for them to get to the top. And the thing that's interesting about Formula One is that a lot of people consider it the pinnacle of motorsport. These are like the fastest cars, the most technologically advanced cars in the world. And there are only 20 drivers who do it. There are only 20 drivers in Formula One. So you, it is very easy to know personal details and the biographies of all of these 20 drivers because it's only, it's such a small number of them. So you can get really invested in them and their stories. And that's what happened with me. And it's interesting because Formula One races all over the world. Most of the continents, there's a race, there's a Formula One race. And so I think it lends itself so well to presents because it is an international like jet setting sport, which is perfect for presents. Yes. Shout out to Amanda. Okay. Yes. She was so (laughs) smart to make that the setting because it's perfect. Like there are, they're in a new country every week or two for a race. And so it makes perfect sense that this, you know, former F1 driver or elite one driver has this like jet setting international playboy kind of lifestyle, you know, it makes perfect sense. Oh, you're so right. Especially with it being so, you know, so few drivers, it sounds like it's very like intimate. It's kind of very intimate, very exclusive. It's like a very exclusive world that you're getting a glimpse into, which is presents like that is presents. It is getting a glimpse into this exclusive world. And I think with presents being like very glamorous and fairy tale, you know, like I, I love basketball, but there's nothing really glamorous about basketball. A hundred percent. And it sure isn't intimate. You know, if your favorite player is LeBron James, there's still the whole team of Lakers you're kind of, you know, discounting in a way. Whereas like exactly. there's only 20 drivers in this 20. entire league. That's it. 10 sport. teams, two drivers a team, and that's it. So it's a smaller pool. And I think that that lends itself as well to these are the best 
um, drivers in the world, right? Because of all the people in motorsport, all the different motorsport classes and series to get to formula one, you are taking one of you are taking one spot of 20. That means even if you are the worst formula one driver, you are an amazing driver. Yeah. <laughs> you're you kind know? of like, you're at the top of the top. Yeah. You're at the top of the top. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. I have the summary here. So to make her dreams come true, she must make a deal with the most off limits man of all. You won't be able to put down this dramatic pregnancy romance by Amanda Cinelli. She's totally forbidden and scandalously pregnant. This new year, Izzy O'Sullivan has one resolution to conceive her late husband's baby. Her plans are derailed when Grayson Co. crashes her fertility appointment to tell her that won't be possible. If desiring Izzy from afar was torturous for former racing car driver Grayson, then having to reveal his best friend's deception is unbearable. Yet having her this close again unlocks something primal in Grayson. And knowing Izzy feels it too compels compels the cynical billionaire to make a scandalous offer, whisk her to her Singapore and give her the family she wants. So I asked you, I was like, okay, a lot of this is take like Grayson shift, like whisks her off to Singapore is formula one. I mean, there's only 20, but is it like a diverse 20? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I was because I was listening to another I was listening to a podcast oh gosh was it Fade and Mates did Fade and Mates have somebody on so they had somebody on she's like a a woman in sports and she was talking about Formula One this is some months ago and she was like there is a black I think London driver yeah she's like I think he's one of the best drivers in the world like Mm -hmm. history of the sport he's like the best and I'm like Oh, oh my! Is he the? Is he the only? He's the only. He, okay, he is the one and only, and he's the one and only ever. Um, wow. I love Lewis Hamilton. He is the one and only black driver in Formula One. He is. I mean, he's one of the greats. He um, has the most wins of all time. He is tied for the most championships of all time. And he is also a very big proponent and advocate of diversity. He, he, you know, he is kind of in the latter part of his career. And so I think where his earlier career was all about winning, he still has that drive to win, I think, but he, um, he's very outspoken, I will say, about the lack of diversity in motorsport in general, but specifically Formula One. And, you know, there are there is a driver from China. There is a driver from Japan. Um, there's another British driver, Alex Albon, who um, is British and Thai and he races under the Thai flag. So they do have some Asian representation. There's a Mexican driver. But kind of historically, it's a very white European dominated sport. So they they have a they have a very long way to go in terms of racial diversity and also gender diversity. There are now um, there's now kind of increasing voices pushing for um, women to be included 
and Formula yeah. One. So let the girls drive. Okay? Let the girls, let the drive, girls drive. Okay. <laughs> yes. So yeah, oh they could God. be uh, they could be doing a lot better. But thank you to Lewis Hamilton for <laughs> for showing us what is possible. Yeah, Lewis is like I'm not gonna be, I'm not going to be doing this forever, but I don't want to leave. And when I leave, that's it. <laughs> that's exactly, not another one. Yep, that's exactly his feeling on the topic oh for sure. God. Yeah. Well, the romance between Grayson and Izzy starts off. I was like, what is going on? Um, (laughs) And it never really, I feel like, lets up after that. So obviously you can tell from the title, you can tell from the cover, like there is a baby situation going on. Um, I don't feel like it's a spoiler if we talk about kind of the setup. I mean, it's the setup. No, I don't think so either. What did you think of the insane like first two chapters of this book here's what i love about a category and what i love about a presents it is right out the gate chaos and drama and stakes (laughs) you know like we are talking chapter one she is sitting in this exam room about to get inseminated (laughs) to get pregnant and grayson just barges in he's like just barges in you can't do it he was in a meeting in like what another country or something or another city and they're like um your sperm is about to be used at the facility (laughs) he's like next thing we know he's there he's like get me to switzerland now and he's there (laughs) poof like a me this is chapter one in chapter one he has already broken up her doctor's appointment this girl thought she was getting pregnant and she's trudging through the snow (laughs) like in the first she like bails escapes from the hospital she's like i'm out of here this dude she's like i don't know what's going on but i'm out of here and she's trudging through the snow it is crazy chapter one i loved it i was like let's go because we find out like you find out through the story that I mean, her husband has passed away and he didn't tell her that he couldn't have kids. Is that right? Am I? Yeah, I don't think he was clear with her about that. Husband never confessed that he couldn't actually get her pregnant. And so Grayson and her, even though there are some underlying like, I've always kind of been into you, there were some misunderstandings. So when she sees him, he's the last person she wants to see. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like you said, runs out he's like where did she go (laughs) what is going on oh gosh and then so she ends up at like a chalet which she doesn't realize is his (laughs) she basically says like she has an information packet for how it's supposed to go when she decides to go through with this pregnancy right and so she gets this information packet and there's the address and the access information for this chalet. Um, and I mean, <laughs> enter in the Snowden trope, folks. Yes, yes. Yep. This is all like before twenty percent of the book. Oh, absolutely. This is chapter two. Like we this are now chapter in chapter two. two. Like we have barely begun. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, then it turns into, I mean, of course, it's, it's like it's Switzerland and it is snowing. Um, and so it turns into a, well, we're both here and we can't go anywhere, which I have really come to appreciate a good snowed in romance. Oh, me too. And of course it's Grayson's chalet. 
It like, is Grayson's chalet. <laughs> she didn't. She did not know this, but she soon realizes it when she sees like <laughs> championship trophies yes. or whatever, and she's like, "Okay." And Grayson's like the top dude of yeah. Amanda's version of Formula One. Like he's the That's top right. guy. That's right. He is retired, but he was the best of the best. Um, and he, I think she describes him, um, here, let me see. I think I wrote something down. She, I can't find it, but I think she says that he's basically like, um, just this cool, calm, um, calculating operator, you know? Yeah. Oh, I loved Grayson. I did. Me too. I loved him. Like I said, there were misunderstandings. Like she used to nanny for, was she like their agent or somebody? She was the nanny for somebody. And she believes that Grayson got her fired. Fired. In a Mm -hmm. way he did, but it's not dramatic like we think it is. It's more of a like, I believe in you and your talents and I believe that you could do so many other things kind of thing, but she doesn't know that. And that's not communicated with her at the time. Right. So I, right. I never, I never like presents is very like alpha male and yep. Grayson is very much alpha, but I really did think it was just a lot of not even necessarily miscommunication because she was married. So just not the opportunity to talk yeah. in the past, which led to all this like, animosity and and hard feelings between the two and they also had the issue of she was married to his best friend and i think there was there were a lot of secrets yeah that the best friend julian um kept from both of them and he used them drew julian was a drug addict and he really used both of them and manipulated both of them. And so I think there was just a lot, there was, there was a lot of um, truth lacking in her interactions with Grayson because of that. They had both been kind of pawns in a way. Yeah. So like when we, when the reason that Grayson like bursts into the hospital room is because he agreed to donate his specimen for Julian because Julian couldn't have kids. So it was like, she needs to know if she's about to do this. Uh, right. The daddy is not going to be who she thinks it is. She's <laughs> about to have my baby. And <laughs> I don't know that she wants that. You know, he's like, she hates me. And I don't think she realizes what's going on here. Yeah. And the reason that he needs Grayson's sample, the reason Julian needed Grayson's sample is because they had... They were both racing drivers and they had an accident years ago that left Julian infertile. So Grayson feels responsible for that and responsible for his, you know, infertility. And so, again, I'm sure Julian guilted him into, you know, giving him this sample. So there's that, too. Yeah. And then it turns into, well, let's just do this the natural way. (laughs) So funny. I was wondering, I was like, so Mm -hmm. is he taking her back to the clinic or are we just going to be like, well, we're here. So let's just do the natural. He's like, nah, we're doing this the old fashioned way. And she's like, um, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Sure. But no kissing, of course. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It is just over the top. 
crazy over the top. And this is like, you know, <laughs> three or four chapters in. We're three already or there. Four <laughs> chapters in, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I I I thought what he did was very commendable. Like, you know, obviously I think he still has that guilt of like what happened to his friend and that is always something that he's thinking about, but also, too, I think he it's very apparent that he's always been into her. So it's like, I'm not going to turn down the opportunity to sleep with her. <laughs> you know, let's, let's do this the natural way kind of thing. So and I feel like once I feel like we get so much of that in the beginning and the rest of the story is just I don't know. I, I it, then it kind of turns into this fun celebrity romance. Like it, yep. like you said, so many tropes like all the drama is like the first couple of chapters. Mm -hmm. And then I'd say like right before the midway, we know, okay, they're in the process of trying to get pregnant. Boom. Got it. Now it's her having to remember and like almost remind herself of the world he comes from. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do I want to deal with that kind of thing? Like they're trying to be hush hush at them at, at one point. Some people see right through it. Um, also just trying to like, keep it private and keep it secretive I don't know I feel like the pacing changes a little bit towards this like second half not in a bad way I thought it was really fun I thought yeah like let's be celebs for a minute here kind of thing like yes. what did you think about kind of that transition I really liked it it kind of it slowed down and I think that that was really necessary because essentially what they're doing is coming to terms with their actual feelings for each other because they you know they do this deal and they're thinking, yeah, we're going to have this baby. We're going to raise the baby platonically, but we're going to conceive it the old fashioned way. And no, 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 we're not in love. You know, yeah. like Izzy's done. She's like, I had a horrible first marriage. The guy used me. He died. I'm never getting married again. And Grayson's like, no, I'm a lone wolf. I'm not the domestic type. Um, so this is the perfect solution. And so the second half of the book is really them realizing that the family that they're both searching for is each other. And I think that that's really nice. You know, they, they, cause they love each other from the start. It's the realizing it that takes a lot of time for both of them. And they're both hurt and scarred in different ways as we all are. Um, so the pacing did change, but I appreciated it. You know, they kind of, it's a lot. And it, it was a lot of them kind of in separate moments, just thinking about the situation and their relationship and what they want. And um, I really liked that. Yeah. I put my most swoon worthy moment when he shows her at the very end, her, the blueprint of the house oh, that he's having great. built. And she realizes it's the house she drew as a little girl of like her dream future house. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's hotter than a man who listens? I know. <laughs> I know. Oh, I loved that moment too. And I, you know, it's, I loved, I think my favorite moments in the book were when they were in Ireland together because mm -hmm my favorite chapter chapters of the book are when he goes to Ireland. Cause he's basically, they're basically like <laughs> they, you know, try to conceive this child and then she's going to take a pregnancy test in a couple weeks and figure out if she's pregnant. And 
he goes to her like they they had been for those couple weeks where they were apart he had been you know back in singapore she had been or wherever he was this jet setter and she had been home in ireland and he goes to be with her and to see what the results of the test are and it's a complete surprise to her she has no idea he's coming and i just thought it was really sweet that he just wanted to be there with her good or bad to support her um and so i loved those moments in ireland that felt like home for them you know i appreciated that it wasn't like oh they did it one time and it worked (laughs) i thought it was very i don't know very respectful i think of the process and just for women who do try and get those negatives i was like i'm so glad it just wasn't a one and done kind of thing right i don't know I thought it was a really fun book. It's one that you just kind of fall into. And before you know it, especially because so much craziness happens in the beginning, Mm -hmm. you can't really put it down once you really get into it. Like this is one of those books, like save it for a day when you have nothing else really going on. Cause you're going to end up committing to just like sitting and power throwing power powering through it like that's how it was for me I read it in like little snippets at first and then I finally sat down and I was like I'm gonna start over and I'm gonna read this whole thing and before I know it I was like oh my gosh what is happening (laughs) I know I'm at 70% of this book I know and you're sitting there like are they ever gonna realize they're perfect for each other I know (laughs) I know and I have to give Amanda some a shout out because her the hero obviously is a man of color in this book and her previous Mm -hmm. book the it was the heroine she was a woman of color and i mean presents is uh you know there's definitely some room there as well there's not many like i don't know there are not a lot of black writers you definitely you see that reflected in i think the characters a lot of times um i mean there are authors that are definitely writing you know our heroes from all over but i really think she's making like a conscious effort to like be inclusive as much as possible and i i really appreciated that her heroine like izzy is a bigger girl and i love that yep. i love that she writes for the thick girls that's the right we got a plus size heroine yes, yes girl so i mean just taking those chances, taking those chances, being inclusive. I think it's really special what she's doing. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I'm so excited that this is a series. It's going to be a series. So we're going to get more from this world of elite one. Um, And yeah, I just think that it was, I enjoyed this so much. Like I said, I'm so glad that this, this was my first presents just because it was kind of, you know, the perfect storm of my interests and the things I love so much. Um, And I thought Amanda did such a good job with the characters and the world of formula one or elite one in her world and um the romance and it was a very you know it was a very steamy book you know these two were uh all about each other yeah <laughs> they're they're trying to make a baby they're trying to make a baby <laughs> all over oh, all no. over the place all over the place it was great <laughs> So tell everybody what we are reading next month. Oh my gosh. Well, (laughs) 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 I can't wait because next week or next week, I wish it was next week. Next month, 
we are diving into my favorite Reese Ryan, who I can't stop talking <laughs> about. Yes, that's right. We're reading a Reese Ryan book. We're reading um, the book. It's a desire that she wrote. It came out at the end of last year called Breaking the Bad Boys Rules. I mean, if you're going to write, if you're going to break some rules, it might as well be the bad boys. What? I know that's right. I know that's right. The cover of this book is great. So we are all in on it. Yes. So y'all have to join us. Join us. Pick up your copy of Breaking the Bad Boys Rules. The email is always in the show notes. Email. Let us know what you think about it. Um, I'm so excited. I'm I have really been wanting to read this book. So now that we're reading it together, I'm like, okay. Here we go. It's going to be great. I know. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I'm just so thrilled that um, we're going to get to talk books every month. Like there's nothing I love more than chatting with you. And um, I'm so excited for this. And we're going to do something new. So figure out what your newness is so that you can bring it. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. I'm already like, what can I do? It it's, be it's, y'all have to join us too. Try yes, something please. new. Try something new. And tell us about it. Maybe I'll watch a new Hallmark movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Are you sure about that? I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you're sure about that. <laughs> I don't know if Brie I Bree is so funny. Like, Bree is my Hallmark <laughs> buddy who never watches Hallmark. She's over it. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm like the worst. You know, they were like doing that like fan thing that like that contest they had coming out and like they kept messaging me like, can you enter this? And I'm like, I haven't watched any of the movies this year. <laughs> Why do you want me to do it? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm probably not the girl you're looking for. <laughs> Just oh my gosh, Brie. I oh love you God. for this. I love I you it. for this. Okay. Before we get off here, something... Okay, that has been a a mood brightener for you. Like, tell me something. I'll, for example, I watched and I messaged y'all about it. I think, um, cause, yeah, because you said you watched it too. Happiness for Beginners on Netflix. Girl, I, I am not done thinking about that movie. I went out, oh, I bought so the book good. off Amazon. I'm ready to rewatch it. Loved it. So, what's been a mood brightener for you so far? Well. I went to the University of Michigan for college, and Michigan just won the national championship in college football yeah, they did. that's right so that has been a mood brightener all this week love it love it love it um yes so that has been very exciting and a bright spot um to the year to, to begin which is awesome and i also i loved happiness for beginners too if anyone has not watched that movie yet on netflix it is so good yeah and like yeah. poignant. Oh, very good. I I was like, how am I crying and dancing at the same time? When that movie ended, I was crying and dancing at the same time. <laughs> I love it. It's just it's so such good. An affir- a life affirming, you know. Yeah. Rom-com. It's so good. I'm so glad you watched it. Oh, I am too. It was fabulous. Well, we will be back next month. We're talking Breaking the Bad Boys Rules by Reese Ryan. Dory, where can everybody keep up with you on the internet? You can keep up with me at Dory Benford on Twitter. Um, and you can listen to me talk about Hallmark Holiday movies on all the feels pod available wherever you get your podcasts. 
Yay. Okay. We'll be back next month, everybody. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye.